A pair of hikers from Rhode Island have been rescued after getting stuck in treacherous terrain on Mount Washington. At least one hiker expressed they were feeling symptoms of hypothermia. Officials tell us the hikers were brought to safety around 10 p.m. And thankfully, there were no injuries. This was no drill, but a real-life emergency deep in the White Mountains. Broadcasting from the Woodpecker Studio in the great state of New Hampshire, welcome to the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast, where we discuss all things related to hiking and search and rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Here are your hosts, Mike and Stump. Yeah, Stump. So we're on episode 40 here. I didn't even want to do an episode. I thought we were taking a holiday break. So why don't you explain to the audience your dumb idea? Um, and what we're doing here. <laughs> well, I thought it might be nice to keep me busy over the holiday break that we're going to take after this <laughs> to do some of uh, Slasher's highlights, maybe the funniest moments or most memorable moments of conversation. So uh, let's tackle number one. So this is our cringeworthy debut. So I think, refresh my memory, I think that we... We, so I wrote the script and then we went and we recorded and it, I remember it was horrible. I remember we were like talking over each other. We had no cadence going whatsoever. Oh my God, it was so stiff. I was nervous as hell. I had no idea what to do and how to approach it. <laughs> yeah, and I remember you sending it over and basically I was listening to it and I was so excited to like have my wife listen to it and then I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to show this to her. She's going to make fun of me. <laughs> So we, you know, we we cut it again. After all that talk and prep, the first episode was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you, this clip that you're going to play, is this like an outtake or is this the actual show that we pushed out? This is just sort of uh, a little clip from the show. Just let people see how awful it was. All right. <laughs> and then uh, for the, uh, the other note that you have here is we... So Stomp is a um, he's a musician that like has his own like you have a whole library of, of original songs. So that was one of the You're things right, I was right. curious about when we started. I was like, what do we got to do for music? Like, don't we get arrested if we 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 steal music or something? But like Stomp had that covered. But we had to pick through like what, what did you give me like four four tracks? Yeah, like four or five different tracks. They had slightly different feels. Um, a couple of them were EDM. A couple of them were more musician based. And um, one of them was called Water Pots. It was just um, an instrumental that I had laying around from uh, an earlier uh, band project from a couple decades ago. And uh, that was the one that caught your ear. Yeah. Was that the, 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 when you sent those over to me? Was that the one? Did you have a preference or did you not care? Or were you just like, let me see what Mike thinks? Yeah, I was just open to whatever. I, I was fond of Water Pots because I just, it's just a really energetic song. Um, so I guess I was a little bit biased towards that one, but I was open to any ideas. Yeah. When you edit this, like play water pots as we're talking about water pots. That'll be cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. It's a uh, good tune. So let's check it out. See deep in the White Mountains. Broadcasting from the Woodpecker Studio in the great state of New Hampshire. Welcome to episode one of the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast where we discuss all things related to hiking and search and rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. This week, we're highlighting one of the most popular areas in the Whites, the Franconia Ridge. Ever wanted to hike the ridge? We will break it down for you. 
In addition to highlighting Franconia, we'll cover an introduction to the podcast crew. We'll talk about some well-known search and rescue mishaps on and around Franconia. We'll do a segment on what it's like to be on a search and rescue team. And we'll wrap the show up with a discussion on beer safety when visiting outhouses in the backcountry. Don't worry, we'll explain. I'm Mike. And I'm Stomp. Let's get started. First episode, we're excited to get started. The show will focus on two main areas, highlighting all the amazing hiking in the whites and highlighting the risks and dangers that do happen while experiencing the mountains. Uh, before we get get into this, I just wanted to check with you to see what you have going on for an adult beverage. Anything good? Pinot Grigio. A little tart, nice. a little so light. In, in celebration tonight, I've got a IPA from Northwoods Brewing Company called Trapper's Pack. You ever heard of them? No. Good stuff? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's well, pretty good. I will the- be hydrating with this, and I will also be hydrating with a little bit of water. So that's that's the first one. All right, that was embarrassing. Don't ever do that again. Um, the next one you have written down here is uh, so <laughs> Beth Lynn and Mindy. So I think this, this is, is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, this is one of Stomp's favorites. So they were fun. Um, so Beth Lynn and Mindy joined us for an episode where we talked about them finishing the 4,000 footers. And we, we told that story about how they, you know, we found that backpack. But this was like the, I think, the story of Beth Lynn describing how she thought I was creepy. And Stomp loves that. Oh, she delivered it perfect. It was so funny. Yeah. Oh, and then man. that was also the episode where you debuted your, your dumb tick jokes that I still don't think are funny. Was that the same episode? It was, yeah. Oh, no, All maybe right, it was well, the episode before, and then we, we... Maybe it was the episode before, and then we did additional tick jokes because Beth Lynn liked them. Okay, yeah, probably. Well, let's, let's tie them together. We'll just give you a little sample of this okay. beautiful stuff. <laughs> So I think I asked Beth Lynn and Beth Lynn's looking at me like she had no trust in her eyes whatsoever. She's looking at me like, I don't trust this guy. I don't know what he's up to, but he's shady as can be. Because I got that look. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Beth Lynn's looking at me and she's like, she's she's seen shady people before. So I'm like, I'm like, did you look inside the backpack? Like, whose is it? And she's like, I don't know, like, I don't know, Bethlyn, you tell me, like, I feel like you were going to tell me to just go to hell and, like, don't worry about it. We found this backpack. It's ours. Yeah, we were, like, not wanting, because of how we found the name, we were, Mindy and I are both in the medical world, so I think there's, like, a HIPAA thing for us, and I found the name on medication that was in the pack, so we were already being a little cautious about that, plus... To us, you were some lunatic. <laughs> um, and Mike, the first thing Mike says is, oh, I have this Facebook group. Sounds like a certain rescue. And we're like, this guy's full of it. Totally full of it. And then he's like, tries to go on his phone and he like crouches down and he's like, I don't have any service. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, whatever. And he tells us this story and Mindy and I are both standing there like, we've also had a long day. And I'm like, no way. This guy's full of it. Um, but I am a lunatic, so I carry um, my business cards with me when I hike. Um, <laughs> so uh, I a lunatic, my business, yeah, <laughs> a lunatic. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is a recent one. So uh, Ken came in and did his like uh, stand-up comedian routine. He was amazing. I dropped that stink bomb of a tick joke too, and then he just <laughs> he he got up there and just blew it out of the park. Man, it was great. Yeah. Very funny guy. Uh, and then I just, I really put on a lot of weight, um, you know, just being a pastor, it's like not a lot of physical activity going on there. And so I just started putting on a, a lot of weight. Um, I mean, a lot of weight. It was, uh, you know, my blood type was ragu. Um, it was, <laughs> I put, uh, put a pair of BBDs on and the tag on the back spelled Boulevard. It was, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> but, uh. Hey, these jokes are pretty good compared to my tick joke. <laughs> He's good. He's good. Ken can come in with some tick jokes like that. <laughs> All right, so that was Ken. And the, this next clip that we're going to cover here is the story of Naked Hikers. So we did have a, like, we had a period of, like, I think the first two or three episodes, uh, we had like a two or three episode stretch where we talked about a lot of naked hiking activity. And I think this was like the, the main episode with, where we talked about the naked hikers on the bald face range. Right. But what are the odds that you and I would both have naked hiking experience on the bald face range? I mean, it's pretty weird. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very so, and, and then your, your classic line, which is in the clip about if you want to experience this, go to the bald faces. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I will say I, I drive by the bald faces quite a bit in the summertime, and I did notice an increase in crowds. So maybe maybe the word got out. <laughs> I'm actually afraid of the Emerald Pool because I got traumatized there. Oh yeah, what happened? Uh, oh, well, I <laughs> the first time I hiked the bald face loop, I went down there to get some water because I always like to start with like no water and if I know there's a water source I'll go down there and mm -hmm. you know filter my water so I get down there and it was like mid midweek I think I might have been on vacation or something and the, the kids stayed back at the camp and were swimming so I had the, the day to myself but uh, I walked into Emerald Pool and there was two two people there and they weren't they weren't wearing they were enjoying nature there was no clothes that's funny you say that because I didn't mention it but the first two times I did the hike I ran into nude hikers. Really? It was the weirdest thing in the world. I was in my 20s at the time, and um, I'm, I'm coming up the trail towards North Baldface, um, about a quarter mile from the summit, and I see this nude hiker making his way down the trail. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I immediately, I, I was just a young kid. I was freaked out. I'm like, what if this dude's like some psycho or whatever? So I just, yeah, I yeah, dove yeah. off the trail, hid in the scrub, and let this nude hiker pass. Okay, so that's the first one. Yeah. On this, this is the very same hike. So I get to the summit of North, make my way over to South Baldface. There's a nude hiker sitting on the top of South Baldface, just sitting there with his legs crossed, just enjoying the I weather. I get it. Okay. Isn't that wild? That I don't know. Weird, but the, I mean, this case, what I ran into was just. I mean, I think they were just swimming and hanging out and you know they had their tops off and I think I just sort of stumbled on to. Mm. Then, but I, I just like kind of turned around at a one eighty and said I'll find water <laughs> later on. But I screwed myself because I then I went up towards the the shelter and I was like I'll find water at the shelter, which is about a mile and a half up. There was no water, so I had to hike back down mm. 
And I finally found a water source that was like a muddy puddle that was like lukewarm that I filtered through. And I that's what I drank for the whole the whole loop, which which kind of sucked. But hmm. anyway, naked people, if you want to see naked people, the bald face <laughs> loop is probably the good option for you. Yep. All right, so this next one is, so you've got alien abduction theory. So I think this must be the story. I think we first brought this up during Moose, you, you talking about the Musalaki rescue that you were involved in with the Northwoods Law people, right? Yeah, so, so here we cover uh, one of my teammate and one of his uh, theories about what's happening to some of these uh, individuals that disappear and then come back on trail with uh, no recollection of what happened. So this is a funny one. You did the night search and then you're going most of the day mm-hmm. and there was no sign of him anywhere. Yeah. So what goes through your head? Like, what are you guys talking about where you're like, wow, this is, we've looked everywhere and we don't see him. What, what, what could possibly be going on? <laughs> yeah. We, we still speculate about that. I mean, from what I experienced, we scoured that side of the mountain. We actually crisscrossed other teams' footprints, and we would stop the line search and say, hey, I have a footprint over here. And we'd check it out, and sure enough, it would be somebody's boot from another team. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's mind-boggling that we didn't find this kid earlier. Just on a, a, a humorous side note, this is actually pretty funny. One of the team members uh, on PEMI has a theory because uh, you have this kid who disappeared for two or three days and then was found on trail. Uh, I'm giving away the secret here, but he was found on trail yeah. and he doesn't quite... Is his theory aliens? Yes. <laughs> Alien abduction? You know <laughs> that why? would be my guess too. He, his, because there was another big search that happened a few weeks after this and it's the same circumstance. The guy's off trail, he's back on trail and he has no recollection of what happened. Like they wiped his memory. I, I like the way this, this guy's thinking. Isn't that we funny? We get him on the show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I was right on that one the second you said he, he has... I, this guy has a theory. I was like, I know what he, where he's going. So this next one here is something that you do way too often, Stomp. You forget to pass it back over to me. I do. I always do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So this was a, this clip here is, I think this is me yelling at Stomp because he does this thing when I don't like any dead air at all, but like he he seems to have no problem like pausing and letting a lot of time go by. But he also, as much as I get distracted, he gets distracted sometimes, so he doesn't follow the script, and he's supposed to pass the question back to me about recent hikes, and he didn't do it, and I got mad at him. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to like move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Very cool, very cool. So a little, little yeah, backyard hike for you. Beautiful up there. The snow's melting fast. Um, the slushy stuff is starting to melt and starting to reveal that icy layer underneath. So not time to get rid of the spikes yet. Very nice. This is the part where you're supposed to ask me if I've done any hiking, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just keep that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, you should. Any recent hikes you've done, Stomp? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, the other day, my wife and I went up to the ledges of Dickey Mountain. It's always beautiful. It's about a mile and a half up. This was probably mid-afternoon, late afternoon, and uh, plenty of sun. Spring's coming. Ice is melting. Yeah. How about you? I did, actually. 
All right, and then this is Paul Bisson, our voiceover guy. So when Stump, when did we add Paul's voiceover stuff to the, the podcast? He came in probably six or seven episodes in, which is really interesting because I, I totally forgot that I was the one that was doing his, his voiceover part. Um, so if you listen to the first several, you'll hear me doing it instead of Paul, but... Paul was a nice addition. It just added some humor. To me, it added some professionalism and sheen uh, to the project. And uh, he continues to add things as we go along here. So he's a good guy. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely uh, added a lot to the show. And as much as I'm mad at him now because he's making fun of me in the drops, I'll, I, I wouldn't change a thing with Paul. Well, you know, truth be told, he read my script. <laughs> oh, funny side point on that. Yeah. Do you know the the when he says couscous? Yes, that was him. Okay. Now he add, he added the couscous, which is wicked cool. That's great. Uh, so that was his little take on uh, the Kawas oh. Coos County. Great. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Are you ready for Slasher's Weekly Gear Review? It's time for Slasher's Guest of the Week. Mm-mm-mm. We're about to serve up some tasty hiking drama. Mm-mm-mm. 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 We're about to serve up some tasty hiking drama. Let's dive into some White Mountains history, shall we? Let's dive into some White Mountains history, shall we? Slasher's Hiking Topic of the Week. Slasher's Hiking Topic of the Week. Social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> um... All right, so this next one here is, um, this was when we had Rebecca on the first time. So Rebecca's sat in on, I think, what, three episodes with us now? Yeah, she's a frequent flyer to Slasher. Exactly. So this was our first episode, and we were talking about uh, both myself and Stomp are follically challenged, and and Rebecca at the time (laughs) wasn't sporting much hair, so we were all just sort of lamenting our baldness. Right, right. This is like the uh, the alien Sigourney Weaver fan club. <laughs> I don't understand like the the amount of money, the time, and the stress. Like, what do you do if you're going to the beach and you want to go swimming and you got this like glue on your hair and shit? Like, it's just it's too much. I think that what I found to be the most <laughs> difficult part, and even now I'm still sort of trying to figure out, is. Do I wash it with soap or do I wash it with shampoo? Like, yeah, I always when, use shampoo. <laughs> when I had no hair, I was like, well, first, I'm like, what's the point of shampoo? I have literally no hair. So mm. I would just use nothing. Like, I didn't wash my head for <laughs> a lot of the time because I was like, well, there's really no point. Yeah. Um, I, I have no basis for like why I think this, but. In my head, and I think this is because my wife may have told me this, is she seems to think that, like, the skin on your face and your head is different than the skin on your body. So you're supposed to use, like, special soap for your face. Usually costs, like, way more. Yeah. And then 
you're not supposed to use like regular soap on your scalp because it'll like dry it out or whatever. So like, even though like, I think my skin is pretty much the same all around. Like she seems to think that like there's different skin types on parts of your body that you have to use different soap for. And I don't know why. I mean, (laughs) I can understand the face part. Like I will get on that boat to a certain extent. Like I'll use, I'll use like, you know, 20 or $18 face wash on my face. And like, I use face lotion, like one lotion thing. And that's it. Like, but your head, I just don't, it's your scalp. Like, I don't feel like that should be the same. I feel like you should just use like bar soap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure out. So what town are you in? I live in Manchester. Oh, so you are in New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, because yeah, a lot of us up here don't take showers. Exactly. Like, what's the <laughs> point? My husband gives me crap, actually. I'm like a really, I'm a really smelly person, I think. Maybe more so than normal. I don't know, but my pack is out on the porch because it smells so bad. Oh, my God. We can talk about that. Oh, that's, a, that's a whole topic of discussion. That's a whole episode. Oh, like that. my. All right, and then these next two clips. So, Stomp, you should just dump both these clips back to back because this is where Jimmy Chaga came in to talk about water holes. Um, oh, maybe maybe this is two different episodes. I don't know, but Jim, Jimmy Chaga came in to sell his mushrooms, and then we also talk about the origins of shame versus no shame. Are you sure? It seems like two different episodes, but whatever. Maybe it is. Well, you can lead into both of them. I thought it was. I thought they were both with with uh, Jimmy, but maybe they're not. Georgiana in Harvard Falls um, with Jimmy Chaga. That's Jimmy's oh, nice. new trail name, by the way. Jimmy Chaga. <laughs> Jimmy always, so our friend Jimmy always has like a new trail name every time we go for a hike. He comes up with a new one for him and whoever he's hiking with. Yeah, well, it was really cool because we, we went up to Georgiana and Harvard and then we actually bushwhacked another, I don't know, quarter mile, half mile beyond that. And we were really tempted to bushwhack over to Indian Head, which you can do. It's like a mile um, straight across open woods and that's at like I don't know 2,000 feet or so it was really cool but I was getting a little gimpy at that point um, so we turned back and on the way down we bushwhacked this route that we sometimes use um, on rescues for people that <laughs> end up in trouble up there and uh, we found this huge football sized chunk of chaga so we spent the whole oh, afternoon nice. driving around to different uh, holistic shops <laughs> and G- Jimmy would go walking in with his big chunk of chaga he's like would you guys want to buy this <laughs> oh really did, did anybody care well, yeah, there was one place, it was um, Peppercorn, I think, in Plymouth that said, oh, you know, we would, but we're busy trying to pack up and move. We're moving locations. But uh, it was just a funny afternoon. He's always fun to hang out with. Yeah. I had one question, though. How do you separate the shame from the no shame categories? I mean, is is this based upon media reports or social media posts or how do you determine that? I so it's it's completely up to my discretion. Uh, <laughs> typically, when I'm when I'm when I'm reading a report, I'll just basically like read the report and be like, oh, you know, that could happen to anybody, and I'll say no shame. And then if it's something I read and I'm like, what an idiot, I'll say that's a shame. So. 
If you have to say what an idiot, that's <laughs> I'm Pontius Pilate. I'm like washing my hands of this this travesty here. I have nothing to do with yes. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You so Stomp does not do any judgment. He is here to just give us advice on how to stay safe. I'm the Wisdom. one that does the judgment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. So but there's like nothing scientific about it. It's okay. just me saying like shame or no shame. And I do get input from the Facebook group that um will, you know, we'll usually post these up and then you know, the 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 hive will start communicating about like what their opinion is on it. A lot of times it's like Oh my god, we should have a uh, a giant community <laughs> Zoom call with all these people. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I think that would be chaos. Hey, 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 check one. All right. Hey, uh, this is Stomp. I just wanted to add this one in here. Mike's not here at the moment, but um, connecting to that last piece, here is the um, the shame segment that we put together. It's just that audio thing in the background with the bell and the voices. I was looking for something sort of fun to use to highlight those shame moments. And uh, the first thing, obviously, that came to mind was the um, the walk of Cersei um, on Game of Thrones when she's walking down, getting pelted, and everybody's saying shame. So I figured I'd rip that off and uh, put it together. So that's that was the inspiration on that. And uh, when you listen to it, it's just this random bell sample, and I added reverb to it and... Um, made it sound a little bit bigger and the shame is actually just me it's like there's like five or six different harmonies and some of them are pitch shifted really low and panned off to the left and the right to make it almost sound like a chorus so check it out shame 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 Until the end here of clips, or maybe not. Um, this is Jeff. Jeff Rogers came in to talk about um, how they set up a polar bear fence in Alaska. Yeah, and you didn't like that idea very much. Well, it's just like I don't like the idea of being in any place with a, a polar bear fence with like with um, shells that go off automatically is even necessary. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's check it out. And we're expecting that we'll only get some ice maybe at the northern um, end of our trip. However, uh, you know, we're prepared. We've, we've got that, uh, what's it called, polar bear fence that you set up with, like, fishing line. And if they walk close to your tent, it shoots a blank 12-gauge cartridge to wake you up and hopefully scare the bear. So we'll be setting what, that what up. What is this again? What, explain this to me. Sarah, have you ever heard of this? No, this is a new one for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. So it's a polar bear fence. Exactly. So explain yeah. this to me like I'm a five-year-old because I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a walking dead barrier. So you're camping in polar bear terrain. You go night-night. Polar bears don't go night-night. They walk to your tent. They trip a wire that you've set up, and it shoots a really loud bang off. 
Um, so the idea is when you go to bed at night, there's a fence around your tent that if anything were to come and walk towards your tent, it would uh, alert you before it got there. It's a early warning system for uh, dangerous uh, animals. I would never sleep. I would never sleep in Alaska in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, the chances are ultra slim where we are. She's doing the northern coast of Alaska, and that's going to be, I think, where she's really going to want that to be set up. But it's also a precaution that, uh, you know, we can take and, and we will. Uh, and, the, you know, if you set it off yourself, all it is is a loud bang. There's no danger. Um, so, yeah. Wow, that's, cr- that's crazy. Oh, this one's my one of my favorites. This is when Chris Beebe from Solo came in. Oh, yeah. Boy, is he funny. Yeah, Chris was great. So we, we try to make sure that we're highlighting the the need to treat everything mm-hmm. in real time. Uh, I think one of the best examples is when we go over how to do a, a litter carry, <clears throat> I'll watch a lot of students drop their packs with the thought that, well, we're only 100 feet from the classroom. I'll leave my pack here, do the litter carry, and come back and get it. Um, yeah. And it's always funny to point out to them, like, you, <clears throat> you planning on leaving the pack at the top of the mountain? so that you can go back up and get it afterwards. Cause that's, that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> and you, you just see those wheels turn a little bit. Oh, you want us to wear these? Like, well, I'm not carrying seven of them. So yes. That's awesome. Um, and it is funny when we do a carry out and then afterwards like, man, that was, that was a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's literally the opposite of everything you could possibly want to do all at once. Yeah. Like, right. There's never a time when I've wanted to lift something only with one hand. <laughs> there's never a time that I've wanted to go downhill with more weight. <laughs> and there's never a time that I thought, you know, what would make hiking better is to do it with 30 people <laughs> that I don't know all at once. And one person that's particularly miserable. <laughs> it's literally, it's the best way to make all of those things less ideal (laughs) and then we're just going to do it for a really long drawn out period of time (laughs) all right so this next clip here is um stomp and i talking about the the bus tour from boston to falling waters and i think stomp you had a premonition about this but i do think that Overall, I don't think there was any big issues with this, but uh, ultimately there was some people that did miss the bus, as you as you predicted. Yeah, yeah, it came true. I mean, it's just to, to put a time limit on that uh, trip is not a good idea, but some people took the bait and couldn't resist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I got one thing before we wrap up. There was a little bit of a blow up on social media. Um about a shuttle service that's going in so hmm. i'll put a people gonna again people gonna get mad at me they don't want people coming up here during the uh the season but i'll put a link in about the shuttle just in case anyone's interested but oh, the foliage it, well what it is is it's a it's a bus system so there's this guy i guess he's been running these a little bit but there's a guy that's running a um a bus system from boston to falling waters trail <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess they go to the Highlands. So oh, they're basically Jesus. like, load into this bus. We're going to drop you off in the morning at Falling Waters, and you got eight hours to get back. So T-shirt, check. Um, but Flip-flops, check. 
good good to go well, have fun <laughs> I, it's so funny you say that because like jeff, so i don't know if you know jeff carter so um, yes. shout out to jeff but you know somebody had said that exact same thing they were like oh boy the t-shirt and flip-flop crowd's gonna come up and jeff had even said he was like well you know given the price of it maybe that'll that'll make people stay away a little bit so i think it's like 55 dollars oh. or whatever but oh my for God. The, like six weeks during the foliage season there's going to be a shuttle where you can come up from boston and it'll drop you off at falling waters and then you can do the loop if you want all right so this is a clip from episode 25 that stomp talks about how he cleans his disgusting backpack <laughs> have you cleaned it since that episode well, the weather turned, so I don't think this this tip will work in the, the winter months. <laughs> this is for warmer weather only. Okay. <laughs> can I can I just add one thing about that Huntington trip? I forgot yeah, about this. Yeah, it's ahead. actually sort of cool. I, I was so beat. I went through a car wash in Woodstock, and I forgot that my pack was in the back of my truck. Right. So I, I washed my pack. Probably, probably a good thing. And now it smells beautiful and it's nice and shiny. You got you got to try it out. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Do that or either like. It's not a bad call. So you just put it. Was is there anything in there that got wet that shouldn't have gotten wet? Oh hell yeah! But next time I'll take the important stuff out and then do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, back back to you. All right, the next clip here is, oh, poor Mark. You remember this one? Yeah, yeah. That was such a weird, like, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> happened to Mark there. He definitely was, like, having his concussions. So this is Mark's post-concussion senior moment. I think this is me yelling yeah. at him, like, to not. I'm like, how do you not know the trail names? Is that what that, this is? Well, it's it's a location on the Kilkenny. Yes. Like, the prime location. Yeah. And he just had no recollection, so. Yeah. And this is a week after he really hurt himself. I mean, he was in rough shape. And we're just teasing you, Mark. We love you, and you're always welcome here, man. But oh, yeah. we had to tease you on this one. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Hmm. So, so after the hotel, what's next? Well, you do. It's the Kilkenny Ridge. Basically, like you're going from Wombach up to Rogers Ledge. That's the whole Kilkenny yeah. Ridge Traverse. And then from there, you'll help on the Nash Stream and then the northern section, I think. Yeah, Kilkenny is, uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful trail. It was funny. Uh, the cer- certain trails are, are, uh, are obviously on, on, are, are nicer than others. And that, that was, that, I remember that as being a nice section. Um, and I know that you've you've done it, Stomp, haven't you? I have not. No, I've done bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw your footage of that really steep section there. What Rogers Ledge? How was that? Uh, it's probably the highlight of the Cohos Trail, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's like the best part yeah. of the whole trail. I think I think that I think you got whacked in the head a little harder than you think. I think Mark's definitely like definitely like needs a little bit of like um concussion therapy. <laughs> All right, so 
So, yeah, well, I think when we had Colonel, um, it's, it's a Colonel Ninnis, is that right? Yep. I think yep, that's right. I think when we had him in, he probably was like, it's going to be like a very sort of business focused interview and I can promote civil air patrol. And meanwhile, we're asking him about aliens and jetpacks and flying cars. And like, he's like, what the hell is going on here? So this is just a little bit of us talking about jet suits with, with, uh, with Darren Ninnis. And he was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were a great pair. Um, they'll be back again. See, I didn't. I didn't talk about my background very much uh, at all because I got all completely immersed in CAP history, as I often do. Mm. Um, but one of the my my other part time job is I'm a skydiving instructor. Oh wow! And so I can I can tell you that I look at a jet suit at like like a suit like a jet pack kind of thing, and I go, mm. <laughs> now there's the jet man. You guys have probably seen uh, Eves Rossi, who's the guy. He's got the the Delta wing jet that's got these two little jet motors underneath. Sure. Cool. That looks like fun. That jet suit thing with the you know oh here let me just grab this thing that looks like I'm holding four jet engines and what. <laughs> <laughs> what you know i'm like I, now i just saw a video a couple months ago where these guys were assaulting they, they were like royal marines and they were on like these these boats following a destroyer and they were practicing like boarding techniques using that kind of a suit you're right right it looked really nifty and i'm, I'm like it looks really nifty but the tactical like okay Here's what we're going to use. We're going to assault this ship that's that's been taken over by deaf terrorists who can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this thing's got to like it's got to be the loudest thing around, right? So, yeah, well, that's actually a good point because the videos never put the audio up. <laughs> I in, in my in my that's a dead giveaway. In my military life, I was a um, uh, I was a helicopter mechanic in the army, and you know, helicopters are loud. Turbine engines are loud. And <laughs> let me tell you, you know, somebody goes, oh, we got this turbine thing. We're going to sneak up on people. I'm like, you're not sneaking up on nothing. <laughs> not to mention, I mean, if you stop, if that, if we tried to do that, that jet suit with the, with the hand things, we're hikers. We have no upper body strength. It would rip our arms off <laughs> before we went two feet. <laughs> There'd be two arms flying through the sky in different directions. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, maybe I might get sort of a Jetsons experience where it's like uh, I'm not controlling it, but it sounds like we're still pretty far off in the future at this point. Um, all right. This is probably one of my favorite uh, stories that we've had all year was uh, when we had Steve Insane. on talking about how Eric, um, his friend Eric, had saved him from having to be turned around on Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> this is a like good no one. regard for his thinking. safety whatsoever he's just like we're getting to the top here <laughs> yeah let's check it out it's good we ended up getting to um <laughs> our last um little spot where we were going to take a nap before we summited and uh it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and the deal was we would um we would sleep until uh, 11 and then we would start at, at acclimating and start at midnight. <laughs> yeah. And we were at 15,000 feet at that point. And I remember saying to uh, Eric that, uh, oh man, this just feels easy. 
Like, cause we were walking slow. It was no big deal. The whole hike really felt easy. And, um, hmm. so then we had like a little issue with, um, they checked our, um, uh, oxygen level in our blood every, yeah. every time that we would stop at these camps to sure. see if we could continue hiking. And, um, on that last time that this was the first sign that there was an issue with me. And on that last time they checked that, my, that number was going to a spot that wasn't good. Do you recall what it was? I don't, but okay. um, Eric ripped it off my finger before it reached that number. And um, he, he <laughs> lied. Is bliss. He said, oh, the number is this. <laughs> and so, so the so they wrote down the number that, that that would allow me to keep going. But probably that was the first sign that there was something wrong with me. It, did, huh. it hadn't slowed me down yet, but it was it was a sign. And um, oh, nice. Yeah, the, the second time was the second sign was at seventeen thousand feet. When uh, second sign is why are you bleeding out of your eyeballs? When um, <laughs> my body just shut down. And that was it. I was in for a fight of my life. Okay, here's more pronunciation problems for me. (laughs) Yeah, this clip is great. This goes to show you how uh, deeply flawed Slasher is with pronunciation. And it's getting worse over time, which is funny. It is. is. (laughs) Check it out. Long story short, uh, the doctor takes Mary up to a high cliff and Benton thrills Mary to her death <laughs> before disappearing forever. And then there's the hiker that was in Jodelbunk. Is that, that how you say that? Jodelbunk? Ravine? Uh, Jimble, Jimbledunk. <laughs> Jimbledunk. Jimbledunk. Jodelbunk? Yes. Jimbledunk? <laughs> So this is this is a great story. This dude is climbing up that ravine and swears that somebody just pushed him off. A hand came out of the rocks and just pushed him off. Like, ooh, that's pretty damn creepy. All right, and then this next one here, it smells like a search and rescue. I don't remember this one, Stomp. Oh, this is with um, Karen from REI. And I just... (laughs) <laughs> burst into this spontaneous thing about this new podcast I was creating. You'll see. Okay. All right. You can get some Reflectix, even some of those $10 um, sunshades that you have. You can cut that and you can make something, or you can just use a wool sock and keep the water in a wool sock. But you want to, if you're just using a regular Nalgene bottle, you want to make sure that's insulated. They have the hydroflask bottles. They've even made a lighter one. I haven't been too impressed with it, but also hydroflask bottles are going to be heavier. Heavy. Your water's going to stay hot, but it's going to be more weight that than carrying just an algae bottle and a koozie. Stomp, do you still have your sock with the duct tape wrapped around it? You had that like awesome system that worked. Yeah, man. Karen stole my thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's my yeah. that's my strategy. I, I use old wool socks. I wash them, of course, and uh, <laughs> but you wouldn't know it. Like, it, I, I got to tell you a story. Can I do a little spur story here? Yeah, I, I'm starting nice. a new podcast, and it's called "It Smells Like a Search and Rescue" because after the last search rescue, <laughs> I went in my truck. <laughs> Man, was it bad. It's like I had three of those green pine air fresheners and that wasn't even cutting it. My mom's like, what the hell? 
So yeah, smells like a search and rescue. That's coming up. Oh boy, and some more riffing on um, how bad episode one was. It wasn't that bad. I don't know. I got to listen to it again. It's it's the most downloaded um, episode I think besides Odin. So we'll have. I'll have Isn't to check that it funny? Out. Yeah. You know, I've actually thought to myself, it would be fun to actually record another Franconia Ridge and do it like, I don't swap know. Swap it do out? It with, well, not even swap it out, but just do it like a, a revamp. Like a, uh, I don't know. I think it would j- just go much better if we did it again. Yeah. Because now we sort of have a groove and a rhythm here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. episode the lost episode yeah, yeah so anyway so remember how um for the audience's sake remember how in episode 31 my audio sucked because i i forgot to switch over to my microphone and my audio got picked up by my computer and it sounded horrible so i was like that's never going to happen again i promised and of course it happened in this episode <laughs> so when i sent over my audio to stomp who is the editing genius like we are now we're recutting this again so i don't think when so when did we I feel like it was we recut episode one and two because they were fucking horrendous, right? So, <laughs> but I think that's the last. And time, they're right? still pretty horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But episode one is like the most popular <laughs> download, and I'm, I cringe when I think about it. But I think oh this is God. the first time we've had to recut an episode since episode two, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And the methodology was funny. It's like I had suggested that maybe you just listen to yourself and talk along with yourself. But that didn't work out so good. Yeah, yeah. So Stomp was like, so we were talking about it and Stomp's like, well, why don't you just listen along and then repeat what you said and then I'll splice it together magically. And I was like, so I couldn't do it. So I had to basically like transcribe just my audio and like the the amount of ums and like mumbling that I was going through it was like impossible so I tried to use Siri so I tried to use Siri to pick up my words and it was like it was like gobbledygook I don't even know what it was so. oh really yeah so that's an interesting approach I yeah it didn't work so anyway anyway and then this is the last set of clips here where Stomp goes full misogynist on uh, Jen Lindsay and then I also uh, Stomp I want you to also pull pull the, the bit where I yell at you for interrupting me during the show intro, so. <laughs> yeah you got it let's check it out All right. now when you're a, so how long how does it how does it work to progress progress within a search and rescue team do you have to go on a certain number of missions before you get called in for a search or do you have to do a certain number of missions before you get called in for a winter carry or how, how does that all work you got to be a guy <laughs> what? <laughs> what? not even true stomp nobody believes the, that the whole purpose of this episode is to dispel that idiocy <laughs> thank you mike you gotta Jeez. be a rugged guy cut this out we gotta edit this out well, I'm sorry Jenny yeah, edit. I apologize it's um, a joke come on I'm sure every team is a little different we don't I don't think have any requirements for alright so tonight we are joined by our friends Jen and Lindsay say hello 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 <laughs> All right, so they're both active search and rescue team members in New Hampshire, so they're here to share their perspective on the rewards and challenges of being involved in search and rescue. 
We're excited to hear their stories about how they got involved in hiking, search and rescue, and outdoor adventures. Um, and I also think we may break our all-time record for beers drank during an episode because they brought in a cooler full of beer. So could so get wild epic. at Snomp's house at the Woodpecker Studio. Um, no, they're, they're setting a, a standard here for guests. Which, which is, is hysterical because I so awesome. seldom drink, but, you know, hey, I was inspired. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the exactly. beer segment. You right? got to represent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't we'll be like, what are you drinking? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> oh, I made my husband stop at Case and Keg on the way over. <laughs> Is that the place with the soap? The soap and the beer? It was, no, did I, I, I got to go there. <laughs> no. so. now, we joke about this one place that uh, sells soap and beer oh. in the same building. Like, what a weird combo. But I guess it works. Guess if you get really sick and throw up all over yourself, you can clean up real well. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Hey, hey, Stomp. Yes, sir. Can I finish? Can I finish? Oh, my sorry. Show? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, so we may also break. Uh, oh no, I already read that part. Uh, so li- this is falling apart. But it's fine. Later in the show, we will cover some recent search and rescue news, and we will catch up on. Um... All right. So that's All right. That's the greatest hit, Stomp. I think that it's been a good year. This show year. has taken off more than I ever imagined it would, but yeah, same here. You know, I don't. It's not even a year for us. Yeah, Better give it a few more months. Yeah, and I think but, we have uh, a bunch of ideas for topics that we're going to cover in the new year, and um, definitely, like if anybody's listening and they think they have a cool story or they think that they'd be a good guest, you know, happy to have people on. Um, you know, we're not just looking for people that are like the, you know, doing a million hikes a year if you have an inspiring story or you think that you, know, you, you could participate reach out to us we're happy to have people on. absolutely you guys are the best thank you for listening and donating to new hampshire outdoor council and helping us offset our costs um, you're the best and uh we're enjoying it and looking forward to 2022 yeah happy new year 2021 was in some ways a great year but in a lot of ways it just was there's some shitty things that happened personally for my family so i'm looking forward to getting into 2022 and hopefully it'll be a better year yeah amen get out there and crush some peaks now covered in scratches blisters and bug bites chris staff wanted to complete his most challenging day hike ever Fish and game officers say the hiker from Florida activated an emergency beacon yesterday morning. He was hiking along the Appalachian Trail when the weather started to get worse. Officials say the snow was piled up to three feet in some spots and there was a wind chill of minus one degree. And there's three words to describe this race. Do we all know what they are? Lieutenant James Neeland, New Hampshire Fish and Game. Lieutenant, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people make when they're heading out on the trails to hike here in New Hampshire? Seems to me the most common is being unprepared, and I think if they just simply visited uh, hikesafe.com and got a list of the 10 essential items and had those in their packs, they probably would have no need to ever call us at all.